Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Turnchuckle on bbgwrestling.com. It has been a little while and I am pleased to be back and is there a better way to come back than with today's guest? He is someone who I've watched since I was a kid on various VHS releases in the UK. He is the Red Demon. He is Conquistador number one. He is the one and only Jose Luis Rivera. It is a true, true honor to be able to chat with you today. How are you doing, my good sir? Great, great. Uh, it's a little raining outside, but I don't get wet here inside the house, so everything is okay now. <laughs> yeah it's just started raining here we had a lovely spring day and i can't go out with hair like this i can't get this yeah. hair wet um <laughs> did That's did you it. ever you never wrestled with long hair did you it's always been short yeah yeah the, at the beginning i got my longer than you was a long hair almost uh down the shoulder uh-huh so what what yeah. made you decide to cut it well when they they changed my name i started like when, when I was, uh, that was Mac Rivera that I started in WWE, WWF, and uh, they want me to change the name because Mac, the old man told me his name was Mac. He told me my name is Mac, Mac Man. So you're Latino, you, you, you should get a Latin name. I say, that's my real name, Mac Rivera, Marcelino, Mac Rivera. No, no, we have to change your name. So I told him, okay, uh, I put my son name, Jose Luis Rivera. Mm. I thought he told me, Jose, that's Spanish. I told him, listen, we got three million Puerto Rican and two million of them named Jose. You told me that's a Latin name or not. Well, so, that, that's what I was going to ask. Said, you know, du during that time, um, a lot of uh, faces and heels were uh, based on their ethnicity or their, their cultural background and stuff like that, because it would, I guess, like if you look at Bruno Sammartino in New York, um, you know, the strong uh, Italian population and, you know, it's, I'm guessing it's whatever connects. And back then there weren't the, the gimmicks as much as there are now. So they supported you from like a football team. They supported their hometown person, I guess. Or home country yeah, person. When Bruno was uh, champion, I used to go every 15, 15 days to Madison Square Garden. I, lived in, I was living in Brooklyn. So every time they come to the garden, it was every 15 days. WWE was coming there, WWF by that time. And uh, Bruno San Martino was there. I always go and watch the matches. And imagine, I'm looking forward to see that uh, all those superstars and one time I was standing in the middle of Mansell Park Garden and I look around and I say, wow, I used to come here every 15 day to watch the match and now I'm here. That's amazing, man. That's, that's something great. It truly is. And I've got to say, probably more than any wrestler that I've ever seen, I've seen more of your matches in Madison Square Garden than just about anyone because you were on every garden show for maybe what 10 12 years maybe longer at that point well, well, thank you, yes yeah um and thanks to the network i mean so many of your matches are on there as well so i mean do, do you feel that people are at conventions and things like that are people recognizing you from the network like younger kids who may not have uh, recognized you previously because you also wrestled under a mask a lot as well and, yeah. and you know a lot of people know the conquistadors but i guess people are getting to know jose luis rivera and mac rivera a lot more now yes uh matter of fact this coming friday may 6th and may 7th 
I gonna dig in New York in a autograph signing station, and uh, that was Friday night. I gonna be in uh, New York, and that Saturday gonna be in Morristown, New Jersey. It's a big convention. All superstar from the eighty gonna be there. Oh. Jade Snake, Robert, uh, Jesse Ventura, Coco Beware, Tito Santana, a bunch of. It's gonna be a lot of. It's a big arena. They're gonna do the the convention in uh, New Jersey. It's gonna be great. I uh, see. We don't in the UK. We don't get too many conventions like this. I would love there to be more. Uh, there was a big one last week, but uh, I would love to see guys like yourself or Jimmy Valiant or, you know, some of the, or Larry Zabisco and some of the really sort of, I hate to say old, older, <laughs> yeah, um, the legends, I should say, um, because that's what you are. Um, come to the UK and uh, have some more of these conventions, but I can understand that in New York and those surrounding areas, you guys are a part of pop culture history and it's not just you know sons it's dads and grand grandfathers who recognize names like jose luis rivera because your name was on all the programs and um yeah. you were on tv in new york on a monthly on a monthly basis um and that that's amazing yeah i would love to go to some conventions uh in america i've i've got to say this there's a vhs which i'm sure you've probably signed a few times called high flyers and uh not only do the conquistadors face the rockers uh but the shadows uh face the young stallions and then later on on the cassette uh your tag partner jose estrada teams up with dangerous danny davis to face the blue blazer and uh coco beware so you guys are all over that cassette yeah, um, yeah, we, we went around a lot. Yes, <laughs> and obviously in the encyclopedia. I mean, how many how many encyclopedias do you get given to sign now? Because you're you're in there what four times maybe in the encyclopedia. Yes, I got. Uh, I'm there like uh, Jose Luis Rivera, uh, Conquistador, The Shadow. One time I saw one with the Red Demon that was there, but I don't. I I see one that I signed the Red Demon, but I, I never see. The Red Demon in one. I got a new one. Uh, I got. I'm there with uh, like Jose, uh, the Conquistador, and the Shadow. Those three uh, in the WWE Encyclopedia. I am there three times. I know one of them that I signed as a Red Demon. Somebody had it, so that was in New York that I signed it. As there should be as well, because I feel that because not a lot of footage exists from the seventies. Uh, WWF footage, uh, and obviously Red Demon was there during that time. You know, it's great that things like the encyclopedia can educate, and and the fact that you're willing to do these interviews as well and talk about this uh, stuff. So, as as the Red Demon, is that because you knew that if you wrestled under a mask, you could also wrestle without the mask as well, and maybe have two matches in one night, or was there a long term plan for the Red Demon? Um, or was it kind of just like a short-term thing? Well, uh, I, sometimes I wrestled twice in the match, in the show. I wrestled Jose Luis Rivera, then I wrestled the Conquistador, Black Demon, Red Demon, Black Shadow, either one. But uh, there was a lot of matches in Titan that I do. I do it with a British Bulldog. That was, there was, all the matches was great with those people. Yeah. There was a hell of the match. The Russo brother. I got a, got a match with them in Marshall Quartz Garden. 
the Rockers, John Michael, Marianetti, the Joe Stallion, or the Killers B. All the other titans we wrestled, uh, the, the other guys, uh, Power of Pain, that was the one with the, we wrestled in uh, Survivor City, eighty-eight. That we uh, was the last titan to get out the, there. As I hear Jesse Ventura say, the Conquistador going to be the first titan to be eliminated. By the time we stay there last, it changed his way. Wow. I said it wrong. I thought they were going to be the first one. And we lost the whole, almost an hour. Wrestle with all, all the superstar tight teams. Yeah, that was, that was great. That was a great match. That was a great match. It was so long. And, and that was Dynamite's last match in the company as well because of the whole uh, Dynamite and uh, Jacques Rougeau uh, fight that happened where... Uh, Ray knocked, or Jacques knocked uh, Dynamite's teeth out, which is a, a thing, one of those things that just went down in sort of uh, history as one of those infamous uh, stories. So do you get to see um, Jose Estrada at conventions or do you keep in touch with him? Because I well, he's supposed to go. He's supposed to go next, uh, next week with me, but he don't want to go. He got some, he got a stroke not too long ago, so... They can't, we're supposed to be there in uh, that was in March, and they have to they have to cancel off because he got a stroke, he was back and now, now he's okay. I see him tonight. We got a wrestling show in uh, in his hometown, so I'm gonna be around there to see him and see all the boys there. It's gonna be Savio Vega with the EWA, that's what uh. That's gonna be a big show. They got a good show there. They made some good people there. And uh, by the time they put the last time that I went there, that was good, good crowd. Yeah, Savio knows how to promote as well. Um, he knows how to uh, draw a crowd and create really good characters and angles and all that kind of thing. And I love Jose Estrada. Um, he's one of my favorite heels of all time because he has such a sinister. You know, um, I don't know. He yeah, just looks yeah. like he can cheat at any point. Like he's got such a great face. And when you when you see him later on, please tell him that he has a huge fan in the UK. Because um, yeah. yeah, I love Jose Estrada. Um, I, I hope, I hope that as well. So, yeah. would you would you attribute your longevity in the WWF to the fact that you were so reliable and you could have the two matches in one night and all that kind of thing. Cause it does seem guys like yourself and dangerous Danny Davis and uh, who wrestled under a mask is uh, Mr. X as well. Yeah. Um, well, I do, I do Mr. X before Danny, hmm. but I don't do it for a, I do it for a couple of show. And then they told me they're going to give it to Danny Davis. I say, okay, okay no problem. You know? So he, he, he took over from there. Oh, that's but I did meet the rest before that, yeah. That's interesting. Um, so what were there plans for like Mr. X, or were you kind of just happy to do a lot of things under different masks at that point and kind of be that reliable employee? Because it does seem that you were like the epitome of reliability and always had a great match as well. Yeah. I do all those gimmicks when I I, I do it myself, you know, I, I say I want to do this, then I told this, listen, then I got this, give me so we could say, oh, hey, I like it, let's go with it. Everything that I told you, say, yeah, go ahead, so that's why I do, I got all the marks here, see, this is the one with the black demon, oh. the black demon <laughs> mask, and uh, 
this is the uh, the shadow that I do with uh you could see it. I love the shadows <laughs> that I do with uh Randy Collin. This is the red demon that I do with uh this is the camouflage, the red demon use. Uh this was the one I use in uh Survivor City 80s, 88, the one yeah, I yeah. there with uh, Jose Estrada, and the Conquistador, the original Conquistador back. I got all of it. So <laughs> there you go. So I do all those, those, uh, those games. The only one that I don't got the one with uh, Mr. X. I don't so, got that match. I don't, I don't even remember how the mask was. Um, I think it was like a red mask with sort of black outlines. I, I believe it was because I interviewed Danny Davis and um, he had some, he released his biography and I think they were uh, giving Mr. Rex replica masks away with, yeah. with the book as well, which I thought was quite fun. Um, I interviewed uh, Bill Eady last week, who obviously he teamed up with Randy Colley as the first demolition. He was the first smash. Yeah, and, it was um, a demolition then. And then he became the shadow. So when I was uh, uh, the Chief J. Strummer, one of the agents, so he, he came to me and said, uh, do you want to be part of the shadow? I think with Andy Collin as a shadow, it's going to be good. I said, yes, go ahead. We do it. I do everything. <laughs> so I made, I sent to make those, those assets, and uh, I came here to Puerto Rico to make those masks, those masks and, uh, that I do here. They do it here in Puerto Rico. and. Uh, then I get the, the outfit and we start working. Then Randy Collin, the, they got a misunderstanding with the company, so he decided to leave. Uh, then I stay by myself. What are I going to do as a shadow or whatever? I stay at Jose Luis Rivera. Then that, that's when the Conquistador came out, you know. Yeah. That I, I was talking to Estrada. We were sitting down in the dressing room. I was talking to Estrada and I told Estrada, listen, why you you and me make a snapping tight thing, something like that. He told me, you got you you are more close than me with beans. So talk, talk to Bean and see what, what he say. So they convinced down the aisle. And I stopped Bean. Listen, we got an idea. How well, how about if Jose Estrada and I make a tight thing, nothing tight thing, something like like Tino? A titan, he say, Well, I like it, let's go with it. But get something shining. He say, Something shining. <laughs> I say, Something shining. Well, well, we could do something shining. So I thought to Estrada, he say, Okay, we're going to do a gold outfit. So we came with a gold outfit. We sent to do the gold outfit. And he came here to Puerto Rico to do the mask. So we do everything in there. And uh, they got the name because Estrada won a. Uh, what he say? What name we could use? I said, "Oh, we use the gold, golden, the, the golden uh, something." He say, uh, uh, 14 carat and eighteen carat, something like that." <laughs> uh, the, the gold, gold, the golden something. He say, "I say, okay, let's talk to them." But they say, "No, no, we came out with a with a name." So Howard Finkel came. I say, "Okay, the conquistador." I say, "The conquistador." What they conquistador? What's that? That's the good name for you guys. So I say, okay, let's do this. And uh, listen, the conquistador work. The name was okay, so they know what to do, and uh, it was okay. They should use so better, you know. But that's the way it was. It had a long lasting. It impact. was the, the thing was they're gonna put us 
a bit uh, to do with a big star and everything. But when they told this that we could do all different stuff, we could work three times in the show, we could do all different stuff. If we came out to be, uh, you know, like a super tight team match or champion or whatever, he's going to lose. He's going to lose. You're going to lose those boys because you have to use it only as a conquistador. They could wear a Jose Trara, they could wear a Jose Luis Rivera, Red Demon, Black Demon, whatever. They could do all those kind of work. Yeah. And that happened. They, they, we used to work in the same show two times. I wrestled the Conquistador, then I come out a Jose Luis, or I wrestled Jose Luis, or Black Demon, Red Demon, whatever. And that was, that was uh, we made it. We've been there for 10 years. Jose was there more than me because he was before me. You yeah, say, you, you've got so, good cardio to be able to wrestle three times a night. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so they, they are, told me, uh, the Indian Chief J. Strumble told this, uh, we're going to lose those guys. You put them as a, just one, one tight team. We could stay, we could work them two or three times in the show. If we need some some guys, somebody don't make it, we put Jose or Trata, we put Rivera in there and they, they, they do the show. Yeah. That's why but we did it. We spent there almost 10 years. So, we still have work. So with, with those outfits, though, they under the lights, they don't look like the most comfortable outfits, full body things. Like, were you kind of just perspiring heavily under well, those no, golden we, outfits? I, think, uh, I don't know. We get used to it. Yeah. We get used to it. I don't know. We, we work, uh, well, we spend one hour wrestling at the Survivor City, and we went in and out, in and out with all those titans. And they beat the shell up and they come back and we come back and we're still there. We get used to it. Did you, especially wrestling is like some, a lot of different uh, gimmicks, like the Shadows, Conquistadors, and as yourself, did you consciously have to change your style so people didn't pick up on the fact that you were yes. one of the, because like with I, Randy Colley, yeah, with Randy Colley as demolition, everyone could tell that it was the moon dog immediately. Yeah, yeah. So you know, <laughs> yes, they <laughs> you know that. But uh, when when I wrestled as a black demon, he was a left hander, you know, smart. So he was he always do a left hander, and uh, the red demon was a rough guy. He he go attack and attack and. Uh, to do a lot of thing and uh, I every 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 gimme that I got got a different some, something different. Some people they they say I don't know you was uh the, the black demon I don't know you was even the, the this uh the, they they David Boyce meet uh, his wife yeah when I was there in uh in New England in uh they got a Hall of Fame. New England Hall of Fame, New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, in 1914, there, there was I was there. David Boyce, me wife, was there, and Howard Finkel was the one who inducted me in the the Hall of Fame. So when he called the name, well, how how we call this guy? We call him Mac Rivera. We call him Jose Luis Rivera. We call him the Shadow. We call him Black Demon, Red Demon. How we gonna call him? The Conquistador, Jose Luis Rivera. When I saw his uh David Davis me wait in the outside when I when we finished, she called come to me and she said, I don't know you was a conquistador. <laughs> <laughs> My son like you when you were wrestling with uh with uh, David and uh and dynamite. They love that matches. They love to see you guys. I say, Oh, that's good, that's great. 
She don't know the word conquistador. And the conquistadors. Yeah, don't know that I, that I used to, that I was the red demon or black demon. A lot of people, they don't know. That's great, though, that you've been able to keep like a mystique about you yeah, for so yeah, long. Yeah. You know, um, and the conquistadors obviously have a, a long um history behind them when you look at when the the conquistadors always seem to come back once every so often on tv yeah like when edging christian played uh the conquistadors and did that great uh, angle with the hardy boys and i love edging christian one of my favorite teams um yeah you always get like conquistador number 407 or something like that <laughs> showing up on tv yeah even uh Kurt angle do the conquistador one time uh, so my son lived in Texas, and he told me, hey, are you going to be in WWE? I say, no. Yeah, they announced the Conquistador. I say, that's not me, that's somebody else. <laughs> and I saw when the Asian Christian came here to Puerto Rico and uh, to a wrestling show with WWF. Uh -huh. uh, WWE, I think, was right at that time. So I was talking to Asia. I say, listen, I was the Conquistador. In the, oh, you was there. Yes, I see you. <laughs> they, asked to, they asked me, uh, Christian, to do the Conquistador. Then the Harry Boy came out as the Conquistador, too. They did. And the last one was uh, Kerr Angle that do that, that gimme with the Conquistador. But so the outfit was different. Everything was different. The people know, like the, even the, the announcer, when they, they say, well, that's not Jose Luis Rivera, Jose Strada. That's that. the <laughs> so they know, you know. So you always take that as a compliment when the conquistadors are brought back onto TV, um, because yeah, it's it's a part of your legacy. They they know they're still alive, you know, like like wow the conquistadors, they they, they are there. They made that name. So but I used to, when I go to the convention and they announce me as a conquistador, I use the name. If I wrestle here in Puerto Rico as a conquistador, what they could they can say nothing because my your license say. Jose Rivera, the conquistador one. So <laughs> I got to write it down. So when you've wrestled in uh, Puerto Rico, um, a lot of the things that I hear from uh, guys who wrestled there was that the crowds can be very violent. Um, did you, what was some of the, because Savio told me some stories as well. Um, and, you know, was that a hard thing? That did you wear the mask? Because if if a if rabid fan, a violent fan, is ready to you know hit you in the head or something like that, you can't see behind yeah, you yes. with a mask. I, on. I, when, I, when I came, when they first I came here, the Vince, the old man, sent me here to be to do something here so I could go back as a champion there. But I can take it. I, I only excuse me. I only been there for six months. That was hard. So. I decided to go back and talk business and it's, I don't make the same money. I got all my, my credit card behind, my car is behind paying. So he said, but, but I told them to do this and they, they don't do what you told them. But I was here there. I was here when I worked, I was a heel. Yeah. And I was walking with the people. The people want to kill you. They throw you bottle, they throw you candy. <laughs> if they catch you, they stab you with a knife, brother. <sighs> yes, that's you the bad there. I've but now it's story. a big, uh, now it's better, a different crowd, you know. But uh, the old, the old people, like my father, when he go to the wrestling show, he start cursing and uh, whatever. <laughs> One time I came here to Puerto Rico, and there was a match with the conquistadors, and my father was there watching, and he said, "Look, those two mother, 
they beat in this guy. I say that. The one with the smack, that's me. Oh, that's you. Okay. <laughs> he changed his mind. He don't know I was a conquistador. I told him that when I came here, he was he was watching the matches, the conquistador with some other titan. And when we were beating the guy, he said, look at those two motherfuckers. He beating the those two guys. Say that is the the one with the man, that's me. That's you. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so he changed his mind. He don't was he don't know that I was the bad guy there. The older fans, I mean, you hear this about New York as well, that it's the older fans that are the most rabid, and they, they're the ones with the walking canes and that can reach the wrestler from the front row, or they will, you know, they're the ones that will throw something or say obscenely terrible they got a cane, they issue with it. Yeah. <laughs> you go, go close to them. There was a lady that came out with a, with a shoe or a sandal. Every time you go through, she's throw you a sandal or hit you with a sandal or <laughs> crazy they they sometimes they got a knife you have to be careful take a knife they start throwing at you with a knife i've heard that because that, that's that was uh, that, uh, in the 80s there when the, the match here was all crazy they got uh they're bleeding all over the, the place when the Carlos Colon wrestle here uh, there was bleeding all over the thing that of the butcher there was uh the match they had was all bloody match. Right? They, and the people went crazy. They did. And, and you hear the, the, one of the more famous stories about someone getting stabbed with a knife. Wasn't it Black Jack Mulligan who had a knife down from his hip all the way down to yeah, his yeah, uh, was, knee? And it got and really infected, didn't it? And it was because they, yeah. apparently <laughs> they like this. They, they just, oh. if you do, you heard one of the, the, the good guy they love. They throw you whatever they got. Yeah, I hear they like either piss on the knife or they'll dip it in pig fat or something like that to infect it as well. So it gets really, um, you know, uh, Blackjack's leg was full up with pus and infection yeah. and all kinds of stuff. So did what in your career then, um, especially wearing the mask quite a lot, you probably didn't bleed as much as some wrestlers from your time period, I'm guessing. Like, did... Like I never saw a match personally where you uh where you bladed or where you bled or anything like that. Like was that something that you did much or uh, bleeding? You mean? Yeah. No, I don't do much of that. I don't in WWE. You don't you never see much of the glory thing. If you got if they got an accident, they do it. But yeah. uh, they hit you with a chair here in Puerto Rico. We hit you with a chair and you start bleeding over there. They hit you with a that stir, they, they, they still stir. They issue with it and you never bleed. I don't know. Here in Puerto Rico, they go, what? Drop it fast and you start bleeding. Did, did you kind is, of prefer uh, the more violent um, style in Puerto Rico? Was that something that you felt you could sink your teeth into a little more? And uh, they, still, they still do the, the bloody match. Tonight's a match of the, they made it. It's a 76 year old. So he is a is like uh what you might call it something big that he's gonna be six, 17 seven, 76 year old and he's gonna wrestle for a champion but uh i i know a uh, heavyweight champion so that's something uh, everybody wants to see if he win, if he win the champion that's a, he want to make history the first time a 76 year old old man Got a <laughs> champion. I don't know what they're gonna do, but that that would be something crazy. That's I don't know. 
that's intriguing. That's a good way. If you put a 76 year old man on the, on the, on the poster, you're going to be yeah. intrigued to want to see what's going to happen there. You know? So what can, what does he do? Like, does he still come off the top rope? Is he still really active at 76? It's pretty active. Keep working now. He look good. You know, yeah. his age, he look good, but for his age, and uh, he's still doing uh, a little here, a little there. Like a couple of weeks ago, there was a show there. I was there as a conquistador. The, we, we were uh, like, uh, they're going to do something with one of the boys. So I put the mask on the, the Chicano, one of the boys, so he could come back to wrestle because he was out. He got a surgery. He was out and they want to bring him in. So we do something. Jose Estrada was there as a super medic. And I was there with a Chicano as a conquistador. And they start intimidating us. So the, the Chicano beat the shit out of the two guys. Then he took off the mask and the people were wild. Wow, this is crazy. This might come back, he said. And uh, that's something like that we did uh, last time. <laughs> and to they invaded 76 year old for a fight for a heavyweight champion. That's, that's See so what happened. <laughs> Absolutely. So when, when you wrestled as either the Conquistador or the Shadow um, or Red Demon, were you ever unmasked in the ring? Or no, no, never, no. ever? Never. It did, never. Were you asked to unmask and you just said no? Or was it never? No, no, they never, they never do that. It's, they're going to kill the gimmicks. They're going to kill all, all what they do. You yeah. know? Because they, they do. Sometimes they told me they put in the car the Red Demon, uh, and they put Jose Luis Rivera, and they, they, they put the Black Demon, Red Demon, or whatever. One time I supposed to work with, uh, twice, I supposed, I worked with uh, Mr. Perfect, Kerhin, in, in the first match, and then I supposed to work with uh, Rick Martel. But when I was working with Kerhin, I get hurt, my, my shoulder. I went flying for a flying body press, and when he ducked, I went down in my shoulder. So he took me, he gave me the, the, the finish that he do. Yeah. From there, I went to the hospital. And there was my, I did locate my shoulder. Was no big thing, but was a little deal located. They told me I was painful like hell, man. I, they took, Jimmy Hart was the one who took me to the, to the hospital. Yeah. I stayed, he stayed with me all that time when I was in the hospital that he bring me back. And I told Ben, listen, I got a dislocated shoulder. So, oh shit. So, and I, I spent there a couple of days without work. So, but I had to worry if I don't work, I don't get, if I don't work, I don't get paid. I don't wrestle, I don't get paid. No day like today. Today yeah. you sign a contract, and even if you wrestle or not, you get your money. But when I was there, you get paid when you work, you know. Yeah, you different get paid times. Wrestling, but every time, but now nowadays you sign a contract, whatever you want to make, and that's it. Even if you wrestle or not, you get your money. When I was there, there was a contract, but no, that you're going to get paid if you don't work. You have to work to get paid. Nowadays the, you don't have to work to get paid. You, you sign a contract, and that's it. And the, and there wasn't um, for for the conquistadors merchant because you were heels. There wasn't merchandise. Um, or there wasn't uh, like a lot of, I guess, pay-per-view uh, payoffs and stuff like that. So, but you were at like every garden show, every Boston garden show, probably every TV. Um, and 
you know, you you were everywhere for, like I say, for such a long time, and you've left an indelible print on. I mean, on my mind, we talk about Howard Finkel. I can hear him say your name, uh, how he yeah, pronounces it, because he was so good with the uh, with the Spanish. Yeah, they try, and they try to copy him, but a lot of people they don't they don't they don't do like Howard did. No, they no, they don't. There are people trying to say, but they say it in here, but not like Howard. Howard was the best to say that. I agree. Somebody sent me a, a bunch of different uh, announcers announcing my name. It's uh, a lot of them, and I they can can make. Uh, Howard was the best. I just watched. Uh, um, uh, oh, where was it? It was a Madison Square Garden show, and it was uh, Rod Trongard on commentary, and uh, it was. Or maybe it wasn't a garden show, but the local ring announcer, whoever it was, no one's ever heard of him. And you are sort of jumping up and down in the ring, getting ready, sort of bouncing about. And the ring announcer nearly loses his balance because you're jumping up and down so much. <laughs> and yeah. he has to, oh, I'll have to send you the clip because it is very funny. Um, <laughs> That's great. That's great. When, because um, you were in the WWF in the 70s and then you came back uh, right at the start of, or just before the Hulkamania boom, um, did you yeah, notice I a huge. Yeah, yeah, and you were on the night where he won the the title for the first time. So, did you notice a difference in how the company was being run? Obviously, Vince Senior wasn't there by this by this time, which is a huge uh, thing. Bob Backlund wasn't the champion anymore. Like, did you feel the difference in how the company was transitioning at this point? Yeah, yeah, it was very, very different. But I was there the first time. I was in NWA in Tampa, so. I finished there. I went to I, I went to Texas to with my cousin, and I went to the Bradley match. I saw one of the Mexican named Jose Lotario. So I asked him that he got a promoter in Puerto Rico. Was a Mexican guy who sent me to talk to him. So he, he introduced me to the promoter in Houston, and the promoter told me to go to Dallas for a tryout. So that day I went to Dallas for a tryout. They told me to be there at nine o'clock. I was there about nine thirty, and they told me, "Oh, you're too late. Come, come back next week." Mm. Three hour driving. So he told me, "Come back next week." I said, "Okay, I'll be back next week." So next week I went there at eight o'clock. Eight o'clock in the morning, wait for them to open the uh, the arena or everything. So I went there with one of the Titan champion. I went there for a couple of minutes, two or three minutes. That's it. And he told me, okay, okay, you know what you want to do. So that was uh, the promoter there, the booker there was Gary Hart. Mm-hmm. And he told me, you want to go to Florida, to NWA? I said, yes, I go any place. So he sent me to NWA, and I spent there about eight, eight months in NWA, in Tampa. The rest of all those superstars. Bob Backlund was there. When I went, when I get there, that, the same week, Bob Backlund was uh, finishing uh, Florida to go to New York. And uh, wow. I saw him in, uh, in uh, Tampa, then he went back to New York. Then when I, I spent there, so they sent me to Alabama, but it was a different story. The pay was not too good. You know, I had to pay hotel. I had to, I, I got, by that time I got my wife and my little kid. I said, no, I can't handle it. So I, I, I went home. I took a Greyhound bus and I went home. Then I try. I call back and they say, "Listen, you left and uh, we have to. We call you back if we need you." So I said, "What?" Then I went to the show in uh, Allentown, PA, Pennsylvania, and uh, 
when I was there, uh, Billy Graham, superstar was there talking to Arbano. And I went to say hi to Billy because I know him from the NWA. So he told Arbano, listen, uh, to, to the to the promoter there, to Gorilla Masoon was the one who, who made the, the matches and everything. He's a good worker. He worked with us in uh, in Tampa. He's a great worker, so they could give him a break. So they give me a break. So they, I, when they asked me, what's your name? I say, Mac Rivera. Wow, everybody in Puerto Rico named Rivera. I say, well, <laughs> that's my name. Say, no, no, we, we get your name. So that's where it became Juan Lopez. Okay, we push you Juan Lopez. So they put me Juan Lopez. They put me to work with Ken Patera. Oh. Ken Patera, he do the, the stretch and uh, the thing that he got you in the fullness and go around and around. So the referee, the Q, Ken Patera, I win the match. Everybody went in the ring to help me. I came out in a stretch or whatever. And uh, then I went a couple of couple of shows more. And uh, I don't like the way they treat the people, you know. They don't, they don't respect. I think they don't get respect for you. They say, uh, give me somebody, give me a body, whoever, body, no names. Give me a body, give me somebody. I say, no, I don't go for that. So I went, I spent a couple, that was at the end of 78 or 79. So I spent there, then I started working in New Jersey, independent show and this and that. Then I went back in 80, 81, something like that, 82, something like that. Yeah. And then, so I went there, and they put me to work with Ivan Pusky. So I worked with Ivan Pusky. I said, it's on YouTube, Ivan Pusky and Mac Rivera. So they, they left my name there. When I say, they told me, what's your name? Mac Rivera. So they, they, they leave my name there. That's why I start with Mac Rivera. So I worked with Ivan Pusky. He liked the matches. He told the people, oh, I like the way he worked. So he told me, you want to come tomorrow? Because they, they, the taping was Tuesday and Wednesday. Allentown, PA, and uh, Hamburg, PA. So he told me, come tomorrow so you could work with me. I said, yeah, come tomorrow or I'm going to rest you again. So <laughs> he said, no, but come tomorrow. You, you, you're a good worker. So, you know, when Ivan Pusky used to give me a cross line or whatever, I go back to the top row, went back, flying back to the row. He liked that. And I came back and he gave him me again. Then I go back again through the row. He liked that. He said, wow, that's nobody do that before when I was there. That, that was the first time they saw that, you know. And did did you like wrestling? Well, you mentioned Ivan Putsky, uh, uh, Billy Graham, and um, and Ken Patera. Did you like wrestling the the stronger guys, where you could flip around more for them and yeah, sell more instead of like, like right where he wrestled me because when when he threw me, when he gonna give me a slam. He almost threw me to the other corner, so I push. So when he threw, I push and I go. So wow, you know, I take the phone all the way down there. So it, they like it. They like to work with me, all the people there. Mm. So everybody get, get you know, uh, uh, they like me. I don't know. There are other people that they beat the hell out of them, you know. <laughs> so no, they want, sometimes they try, but I come back. I never let them do what they want to do, you know. Mm. If I have to nail them, I say, I'm sorry, and that's it. <laughs> and they know they, they do something wrong, you know. <laughs> so knowing Bob Backlund uh, before he went to WWF, were you shocked that he became champion there and was champion for so long? Because Billy Graham seemed like the feature you know, at that point with the over the top, the tie dye. Uh, do you yeah, think it Bob was Backlund, He was he was a uh, uh, a tough guy inside mm. outside the ring. 
it was a tough one. They know that, you know, they, they, they want to get somebody to for San Martino. You know, that was San Martino. They're going to change San Martino again. So they, they called Bob Backlund. That's what from the sign he left Florida. He know he's going to be the, the heavyweight champion. So they work on him. And, uh, you know, in case uh, San Martino don't want to lose nothing. So this guy is a big, strong guy. He do whatever. So it's going to be hard. But everything was okay. Uh, they put him as a champion. When I came back to WWE, he was, a, he was still the champion there. He, was. <laughs> yeah. he had it for a long time. I was time. there in, in Tampa. Vito Santana was wrestled with... Uh, with the Steamboat rear name, uh, Tricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah. His rear name, Tito Santana was using the rear name of the, the Steamboat name. Then when they came here to, to the WWE, they put in Tito Santana. He started working as Tito Santana. Hmm. That's interesting. He's, good. He's still doing good because he go to all the convention. Last time I went in uh, New Jersey, New York, Long Island, I went on uh, February 11th. And I was there with Tiro. He told me, oh, I go, I do this uh, two or one or two times a month. And I see every, every Saturday in the convention. I said, why he told me you're going to do that two or three times? And he's all over. He's going to be there in a Friday and Saturday in in uh, Long Island and uh, New Jersey. He's going to be there with me there. Uh, Tito's such a great guy. Um, yeah, so, some Some intriguing things about that time period 83 84 um jimmy snooker was like the biggest name in the company really before yeah. hogan um came in i mean sergeant slaughter as well but jimmy snooker could have been world champion easily um without yeah, going to... he was, uh, it's like uh, some people they don't need a title they don't no. need a champion but you know like andre the yaya he never needed a belt uh, undertaker he never needed a belt. he's got his own he printed people without uh, being a champion. Jimmy Snuka was one of them. I wrestled Jimmy Snuka's uh, Black Demon, wrestled in uh, New, New Jersey. In an uh, arena in New Jersey, I wrestled Jimmy Snuka. Hell of the match. Oh, was great. One so, time I do, I do titan with him. It was a little better with Jimmy Snuka. We do titan before, after the wrestle him with a uh, Black Demon. I wrestled him in motion time. So with Snooker though, um, was it no? Were the rumors known at that time about everything that had happened, or was it just never mentioned, or well, about him and his girlfriend at that time? Um, well, it's super to know because it came all over the newspaper and everything. Right, even back then. See, that's yeah. the thing I didn't know because obviously it's one of those things that's just lingered for such a long time and then it ended up happening again. But did, how much did that affect the locker room? Was it like, were you told, let's not... When I was there, that, uh, the same, uh, I was in the same hotel. So I was uh, mm -hmm. I went in the bar. So Jimmy Snuka was coming down, like nothing happened. He coming down, he started drinking with us. When he go back to the room, he called that he found his girls that uh, lay down in the in the bath in the bathroom in the where, uh, when they take a shower there in the bathtub. Yeah, she wow. was there laying down. So he called nine one one and uh, they bunch of people come down. Then after that, they they say he was the one who killed her. Or what? I don't know. 
but he never went to jail. He went to the trailer. By the time he went down, to, they, he was so bad of uh, health, and they decided not to press charge or nothing to let him go. Then uh, it's a crazy a one. Of, uh, a couple of months later, he died. Yeah, I, f I feel like I need my lawyers here for these questions, <laughs> whether <laughs> I'm allowed to ask them or not. You know, um, so we uh, there was the Puerto Rico show that WWF held in 1986 when it rained really heavily. Um, were you there for that? No, you were there. Another thing. With Dolly uh, Dolly. Yeah, it was in 86 and it was headlined by, it, it was really funny because um, th there were lots of matches and then it starts. The Raining. Rain is so heavy. So everyone's either leaving or they, they've got their umbrellas and Gorilla Monsoon's on commentary and he has like a sheet over his head. <laughs> and then he has to announce the winners from his, like his booth. He has to turn the mic on and announce the winners. And the matches, as soon as it started raining, those matches were like 30 seconds long. It was getting, get out <laughs> as quickly as possible. Yeah, I never saw the match for <laughs> rain here. And it was, people stay there. <laughs> they already pay. They want to go. It's up to them because they keep wrestle. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, it, it was it was headlined by um by Pedro Pedro Morales, obviously because Puerto Rico. And, yeah, uh, yeah. But it was like a thirty second match, and it was just yeah, the, nothing could save that show. You need to see it if you haven't seen it. It's so funny. Uh, but wrestlers are slipping around the ring. I came down with uh, Puerto Rico with Dolly Dolly. I went to Australia with them. That was around the same time, wasn't it? There was a big tour in 1986 in Australia. Um, yeah. And some of those matches ended up on a DVD, but not many of them. I wish they would put the entire show out there. So who did you wrestle in Australia? Uh, I don't remember. I don't know if it was Teddy Gibb or somebody. Yeah, that's I don't true. Remember. I don't remember. That was so many years ago. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm sure the Most results. Were I, start, I start looking at the matches, and I see that I went. Uh, when did I wrestle this guy? I don't remember. <laughs> Somebody called me. Listen, uh, do you know K9? I say no. Oh, because he, he was in jail. He died. Only K9. Yeah, yeah. He a couple of uh, a lawyer and his wife. I say what? I don't know him. Then I start looking the match, and I, I wrestled Jose Oliver against K9. I say what? <laughs> Listen, I will wrestle with this guy. I don't know if he, they told me. I said, no, I don't know the guy. And when I see the matches, I wrestled the guy that came in. That was in Boston, Massachusetts, Boston Garden. Yeah. I say, wow. And a bunch of people that I that I see that I don't I don't remember that I wrestled. So many matches that I can't remember all. I remember the top guy, the Shawn Michael, the Mari Janetti, the Rujo, the... Uh, Nina Mai and David Boy. Young Stallions uh, as well. Those guys, the, the Demolition, Power of Pain. Yeah. I wrestled all the, well, all the Titans that I saw. I'm almost sure everybody now. Uh, uh, Ho Hogan, Randy, Randy Macho Man, Danny Papo, oh, a bunch of them. Yeah, everyone, everyone. So you speaking of Boston Garden, one of the legends of Boston was uh, the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doc. Uh, Pete, Pete Dorothy. Pete Dorothy. He's <laughs> yeah. so funny. Like, did you ever get to wrestle him in Boston? Because yeah, there yeah, was yeah. nothing yeah. like people may not, and he's still he's still with us, thankfully. And I was able to get an autograph from you, him. You, you have to laugh when you wrestle him. You can, <laughs> you can make it see much. You have to laugh. He's something else. 
There's a wrestler in the UK who was uh, big in the 70s called Cat Weasel. And um, he looks exactly like Pete Doherty with the wild blonde hair and how he would wow. run around the ring and bounce on the ropes and and the voice and everything as well. And yeah, he's he's one of my favorites because he's he was always entertaining. And uh, I think he won a battle royal in Boston Garden one time as well. And everyone was shocked because he wasn't one of the winners. You know, he would always... Uh... Sure, they, they, they do a lot of crazy spin by that, crazy stuff by that time. They, they put whatever they want to put over. So, you know. <laughs> It's not like today. They they got a oh, they maybe it different. They put you over today, and they they do that. <laughs> so, did you have a favorite uh, arena to work in? Because you were wrestling a lot of the same northeastern. Whilst with WWF, did you prefer the Madison Square Garden over the Boston Garden, or did you like uh, the Spectrum, or were there particular crowds that you liked? All of them, as you say, that they, you know. In all our in Madison Square Garden, it was, was the best. That's, that's, uh, everybody wants to wrestle there. Mm. Boston, uh, Boston Garden is great. Uh, a Spectrum, uh, Joe Louis Arena when I was in St. Louis. All, all the, they got to be arena in every town, every state. So we, we went all the and, uh, LA, California, San Francisco, San Diego, all those big arenas they got. Uh, they are they're almost like it's nothing like Madison Square Garden, but they are close to it, you know. When you wrestled you the... in high school, mm. high school gym, by that time we go a lot of high school and we do a, a lot of what you call a boys club and everything. They do that all over. Yeah. Now they, they don't want to go to the high school. They go to the all big arena, they got a big show every time. That's it. They do, but I I love seeing pictures. You see Andre the Giant in a high school gym, and it looks. Yeah. And, but you see kids. You see the close-ups of the kids who are like they can't believe that this. Yeah, used to, he used to travel with me. I don't travel with him. He traveled with me because when he was in Puerto Rico, eighty-three, I was here. Yeah. When they sent me here, uh, Vince Senior sent me here. Andre was here, so I had a big banner. So he he went with me to the matches every time. And when I went to New York, the office called me to go and pick him up when he was in New York. So I go and pick Andre. One time I called Andre, what time I meet you in New York? Oh, five o'clock was, okay. 5.40, uh, 4.45 I was there waiting for Andre. Five o'clock, 5.30, quarter to six, six o'clock. There called Andre the Giant down the aisle. I start cussing, you motherfucker, I told you, you told me to be here at five o'clock. It's six o'clock. What the hell you mean? He start laughing. He said, ho, ho, ho. I'll be back, boss. Don't worry. He went back again. Give me a comeback. We leave it. We go to Scranton, PA, two-hour drive, six o'clock in the afternoon. We have to go there. We almost get there late because I'm there. <laughs> we don't care. We go there. We get there. Don't worry, boss. He's Under the... Andre the Giant was never going to get fired. It doesn't matter how late he was ever going to be. Nah. You know, it's good to be that secure in your job. I heard Andre, you've traveled with Andre. How bad were his farts? I heard that he could just fart unbelievably and just stink. For entire... five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch, what are you doing? Just I love you. He said, pull on the window. Don't, don't put down the window. What the <laughs> you have to bring down the window, brother. That too much. And uh, every time he go to the dressing room, they they got him a, a, a 
a gallon of wine. So it, uh, he used to play card with Tito Santana. All, all the time they played card. So he got a, a gallon of wine in the side. They start drinking, ah, playing card, drinking wine every single day. And when he go to the bar, I used to go to the bar when he go there. Sir, you can't you can't drink with him. You have to live by the cell over there. You have to get away from them. Otherwise, he pay you a drink. He pay you a drink. Hey, amigo, drink. Yeah. Pay you three, two drink. Hey, amigo, two drink. Hey, amigo, three drink. Fight. No, no, forget it. I never go close to him when he was in the bar. Oh. I get drunk and he stayed the same. So you, hey, he's a great guy. He was a great guy with me. It was, I wrestled him a couple of times. I wrestled him with uh, me and Johnny Ross, make a, uh, a handicap <clears throat> match, uh, like match a, with him. Yeah. So he, he, we put him down. He never go down for nobody. So we put him down in one knee. We start beating the shit out of him. And then he fell back. I, then he, one time I say, I told him, listen, Andre, it's me and you. This is, I want to do this to you. I want to catch you. I want to give a drop. Kick you down. Go down. You get up. I pick you. I give you a slam. I cover you. You kick me out. You got to throw you to the road. Give you a bad drop. And this and that. Okay, boss. No problem. So we went to the ring. And he say, he put me in the corner. He asked me, what you say you want to do? <laughs> no, I just, I just, just kidding, Andre. You're kidding. Ah, you, you're kidding. He went ahead and wow, give me a chop. It's like like my two hands cover my check. Oh, you son of a bitch. He started laughing. Oh, 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 oh. Say, you, you're going to say what? What you going to do to me? What? He started hitting me. I put my, pay, my check all red. And just... oh, did he ever sit on your face? <laughs> huh? Did he yeah. He, no. One time he had yeah. a gallon. And oh. I, then he got me, he got me in, the, in the corner. He grabbed me by the head, by the hair, and go... <sighs> Oh, I, no. see, I almost throw out you motherfuckers. I had to go on that way. And at time, I, I, I just saw my bitch. You almost kill me with that shit. Oh, it's see, crazy. I've, I've seen it's a lot, lot of, of Well, I've seen a lot of Andre's handicap matches, and he would do the, the great thing where he would sit down at, like a rowboat and he would yeah. pick the both of you up with his legs and then just slam you both onto the canvas. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure one of those is on an Andre DVD that's out there as well. Because um, it came out on video a long time ago and then they re-released it. And uh, There are some handicap matches. And there's a match against Mass Superstar, um, Bill Eadie, who I love. Um, and uh, the Andre handicap match, because they were a spectacle and he would travel the territories doing those handicap matches as a uh, like a like an attraction, I guess. Like you say, someone yeah. who never needed to win the belt. Andre was just Andre in Yes, Andre the A wonder of the world. He's he's everything, you know. Yeah. They I never gonna find like you say he could get left or anytime he get there. So you know if I go with him, so they're gonna accuse me. Oh, he was a was Andre before that I came lay here. So <laughs> you know, problem with that. Uh, I have a big poster of Andre staring at me right now. Um yeah. <laughs> I'll have to show you that in a second. But um well, I want to. I, I feel like we've barely scratched the surface of uh, things that we could talk about. I would love, l- seriously, love to do a part two if you are happy to do it. Because um, we, we, there were so many stories that you've told, and uh, you know, and we've got to delve more into the shadows. I love the shadows. Uh, there's a. I don't know if you ever saw, but there's the WWF video board game from 1988. I want to say. 
and it comes wow. with a VHS, and there's a match of Bam Bam Bigelow against was it you, or was it uh, was it um, Randy? Uh, because it's one of the shadows against Bam Bam Bigelow in the Boston Garden, and um, that's on one of those videos. And uh, I love that. Uh, I love the clips from that match. I don't know if I was male. I have to see. I don't know. I don't remember. I told you I don't remember. <laughs> now that you mention it. Uh, well, <coughs> again, I would, because I, I know that you've got things to do today and uh, you, this is your second interview today as well. And you have, uh, you have the show later on today because there's a time difference with me being in the UK. But uh, yeah, I would, again, I would love to do a part two and look at some of the opponents because you've got so, so many great stories and uh yeah, it's, it's hard to fit it all in in like forty-five minutes. But I'm, I'm again just so grateful that you were able to do this. So um, I'm, I'm contractually verbal contract. Hopefully, a part two at some point. I would love to do that if okay. you're happy. To, if you're happy to do that. Um, yeah, yes, no problem. We'll do whatever, brother. That's great. So I want to. Yeah. I want to thank everyone for uh, tuning into this episode of uh, Turn Chuckle on bbgwrestling.com in in cooperation with Grapple Arcade and Cello Toys. And uh, from myself and the one and only Jose Luis Rivera, we will see you all again next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.